0: presence today we say move move on our hearts move on our families or move on our community today we're hungry for you, Lord we're hungry for you, Lord we want the fullness of who you are nothing in between Jesus nothing in between Jesus We want you, Jesus, and we lift you up in this place. We lift you up. We decree, Jesus Christ, that you are Lord in this house and that everything and everyone must bow the knee to you, Jesus. And We say, have your way today. Have your way today, Jesus. Amen. I want to thank you, music team, worship team take a seat this morning, stay in this atmosphere, because He's here, and He wants to move on your life this morning. I want to thank our Sound and Media team this morning. Huge, big ups to you guys that have been working hard this morning, but Jesus Christ is here this morning, and He wants to move on your life. We've got to learn how to hunger for Him. we are got to learn when we feel His presence not to pull back and go, i felt Him now. I've got enough. we are got to learn how to stay there. You know, I spoke out before about One Accord and I just wanted to decree this over our church, over our church family, that when we can be in One Accord, when we can be in unity, that doesn't mean we always agree. But what it means is that you and I would stand shoulder to shoulder and we'd look after each other, and we stand together and we believe together for the promises of God. The Bible says that everywhere, not just in Acts 2. In Jericho, supernaturally, the city walls came down when they were in one accord. There was all sorts of places in the Bible where there was one accord. In Second Chronicles, they worshiped, and they only said two lines, and the presence of God was so thick they couldn't stand and the priests couldn't perform their duties. He comes where he's made welcome this morning. I want to encourage you. I've got a word in my spirit for you this morning, but I want to encourage you to get really, really hungry. And so this morning, if you want to yell out, you want to say amen, take it for yourself. If there's a truth there this morning, you go, that's mine. I'm going after it. Then take it. Let's not be our Kiwi indifferent selves that sit back and don't want to don't want to reach out. Come on, don't reach for me. Reach for him. Reach for him this morning. And I want to bring you greetings, just before I get started, from Pastor Dave. And uh, he's just gone to Taiwan just for a few days, actually. He's taken Alan Hansen with him. And there's a new media conference there, and they're on the cutting edge of what's happening in media in the world. And the conference only happens every second year. And uh, so they're there getting as much as they can to bring back here, amen? So um, greetings from Pastor Dave. But this morning, expect, if you're here this morning and you've got stuff going on in your life, then expect a shift. If you just sit and wait, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But if you go, God, I'm expecting. There is a presence of God in this place. There is something new in this place this morning. Can you feel it? You know what? It ain't got nothing to do with me. It's all about Him. It's all about Him, so reach for Him this morning. I'm so hungry for Him. He wants to do miracles in our midst, and I've got a message this morning of faith and of hope, and it's a message of second chances. You know what? You may be here this morning. You may have completely screwed up. You may be sitting here today in secret sin, going, if they knew what I've done, if they knew what I'm doing, we're here this morning. If they knew what I was doing, nobody would accept me. And that's a lie from the enemy. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Because you know what? If you've got stuff going on in your life, everyone else has too. Everyone else has too. The rest of us, what does that say? All of us are like the rest of us. We've all got stuff. And my message today is a, is a message of second chances. He will never turn his face from you today. He will never leave you. He will never reject you today. Today, he wants to bring dead things to life. He wants to bring your dreams that may have died to life today. There may be areas in your heart that have died. There may be things in your heart like discouragement and disappointment and offense, or maybe it's fear. And he wants to break containment off our lives today. The ceiling, he wants to break that today. And he wants to show you all you can be in Him if you will trust Him. Today we're breaking unbelief. Today we're breaking unbelief and we're decreeing a spirit of breakthrough, a spirit of faith in this place this morning. There's been a robbing. There is a very real thief. And he wants to destroy you and he does not want you to break through. But my God says, I have come to give you life and give it to you in abundance. Amen. Amen. There's people here today and there's things that have died in you prematurely. There's dreams, there's relationships, there's opportunities, and I believe there's even babies that have died prematurely. The enemy is stolen, but it's time for us to recover today. It's time for dry bones to start to live again. Jesus Christ, I wanted to share with you really, honestly, he's been doing such a work in my life over the last few weeks. He's been revolutionizing me, he's been resurrecting me. And there's been parts of me that I didn't even know were dormant. It wasn't that they were dead, they were just dormant. They were asleep, but I'm coming alive. Resurrection power has come to me. And today I want you to experience that as well. I am being transformed. And I wanna tell you today, I'm only defined by my King. I'm not defined by you. I'm not defined by your opinions. I'm not defined by my past, and I'm not defined by my circumstances, but I'm defined by my King. I'm defined by the King of glory, and He's changing me, and He's wrecking me, and He's making me new today. God is calling you out of dark places and into light today. He's calling you out of slumber to be fully awakened to Him. Amen. We're gonna look this morning at an incredible piece of scripture. It's a story, but it's not fake. It's not a fable, it's not a fairy tale. It's an actual account of something that happened. And it's found in John chapter 11. It's an account of the power of God. It's an account of hope. And when everything looks like it's over, you know what, with Jesus Christ, it never is. Maybe you're here today and you feel like everything's over. Nobody knows it, but it's in your heart. I don't know, I don't know what to do next. You know what, he's got your answers today. And so we're gonna look in John 11 and I'm reading from the Passion Translation this morning. I love that, I love that, that uh, version, if that's a word. And uh, this is the story of Lazarus. And I thought I knew the story, but I've been just re- researching it and just allowing God to move in my heart. And I want you to remember this, the name Lazarus means the goodness of God or it means God is good. I want you to remember that because it means something later. And I'm gonna paraphrase the first bit for you. But basically, there's three people. There's Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and the brothers and sisters. And the Bible says that they know Jesus really well, that they had a relationship with Him. He wasn't just Jesus from afar off who was, who was the, the preacher. They knew Him, they had relationship with Him. But Jesus was in another city and Lazarus fell sick and his sisters were really worried about him. And so they sent a message. Martha and Mary sent a message and said, Lord, would you come to our brother? He's sick. We're afraid he's going to die. Maybe you're here and you're in that place. Your finances or you need any a healing. Maybe you're offended. Maybe your marriage is in a mess today. Your relationship is in a mess and you don't know what to do. And you're desperate. If we look in verse five and six, and uh, it may come up here this morning, but even if it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It says, now, even though Jesus loved Mary, Martha, thank you, media team, and Lazarus, the Bible says that even though he loved them, that he remained where he was for two more days. Have you ever been in a situation where there was a delay, where you needed God to come through, And then there's silence. See, Jesus heard the word. He heard about his friend, but he chose to remain where he was. And we cry out things like this, where are you, God? Have you forgotten me? I'm the one that serves you. Have you forgotten? Why, Jesus, don't you come when I ask? And you know, when you're in a crisis, when you're experiencing a delay, these are serious questions. Where are you, God? I wanna tell you this first, that Jesus is not an ATM. And we live in this very instant society where we put our card in and the money comes out or doesn't. Where we, in our homes, you know, we have internet instantly. And we're noticing that delay in our house at the moment, we have internet problems. And it's, and it's frustrating and it's neither here nor there because it's just the internet, right? It's first world problems. But when we're really experiencing a delay, a crisis in our marriage, or well, we need a healing. We start to ask questions like, where are you? Have you forgotten me? Jesus heard the word, but he remained where he was. See, Jesus knew, for Jesus, there was a greater purpose in mind. And I wanna encourage you today that if you are in a delay, he has heard you. There's a greater purpose in mind because His timing is different to our timing. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. Your response in the delay will determine your future. Our growing, and we know this, our growing and our learning isn't on the mountaintops. It's not in the great big experiences. Our growing is when it's really hard. Our growing is in the silence when Jesus sings silence. Our growing is when there seems to be a delay. And you know what? Delay is uncomfortable, but it reveals in us truly what we believe. What comes out of your mouth in the delay will show you what's in your heart. When we pivot between what is right now and what could be, is the place of faith, amen? What is your response in the delay? When the finance hasn't come through, when you've done all you could do, when your children have walked away from the Lord, what do you do? When you're hurt and you're offended, what do you do when there's a delay? When you're believing for healing and there's a delay, what do you do? Do you give up? Do you get mad at God? Do we question Him? You know, in the Old Testament, there's a guy, he's an amazing guy, his name's Jacob the Bible says that he wrestled the angel of the Lord all night. He said, I won't let you go. I will not let you go until you bless me. And he wrestled the whole night. we are got to learn how to wrestle in the delay. When there's a delay, if you're here this morning, we are going to learn how to wrestle. We've got to learn how to stay in that place and contend for what is ours. Amen? Don't give up. Don't give up. What does it take for you to quit, to withdraw? Is it? little bit, or you're there for the long haul. This morning, I want to give you a key, and it's, it seems really easy, but I'm amazed at the amount of people I talk to who are in a delay. And You ask them where they are with God, and they say, oh, I don't know, I just kind of stopped praying, I stopped being in relationship. And so my first key this morning is when you're in a delay, you stay close to Him. You stay close to Him, don't turn away, don't quit, don't quit. And you might say, but you don't know what I'm going through. You don't understand the pressure that I'm under right now. You know what? I might not know, but I know my walk and I know the times that there's been delays. And I know the thing that has got me through is when I've said, you know what, God, I am here. I'm gonna stand. I'm not backing down. I'm not withdrawing. I'm not quitting. I'm staying because I believe that you are the son of God, that you are who you said you are and you will do what you said you will do. You know the goal of the enemy is to disconnect you from God and from people. Stay in the presence, stay in relationship with Him in your delay. For many of us who've been in church a long time, if, if these patterns are still in our lives, it is grow up time. It is time to mature. When I was a child, I thought like a child. I understood like a child. But now that I'm older, I put away childish things. If you've only just come into getting to know Jesus, it's different. But if we've been walking with God a long time, it's time to grow up, it's time to mature. Enemy wants to disconnect you. When connection is lost, power is lost too, amen? The power and the ability to change something becomes lost. That's the enemy's goal. He wants to disconnect you from relationship with God. And I'm gonna show you in the scripture where it is. When you look at electricity with a light bulb, before you put that light bulb in, the power is already there, right? The power's there, it's ready, but the light bulb's not in. If you don't put that light bulb in correctly, it might flicker, it might go out. You have the potential for power for the light but unless you connect it, it's no good, amen? It's the same with God. If we're not connected to Him, we lose the light of God. We lose the power of God, the access to that in our lives. He still loves us. I wanna speak if you're in a significant relationship or you're in a marriage today. The moment you lose connection with your partner or your spouse, we lose power. We lose the ability to walk forward together, amen? It's often never about who's right and who's wrong in a disagreement. Or if you're figuring something out, it's always about life and death. It's always about that. Stay in connection in your relationships with your children and with your spouse. Stay, fight to stay in connection. Fight to stay in that place, amen? When you lose connection with Jesus, you lose his light. You lose vision, you lose the ability to see and to hear what he has to say. Make a conscious decision, don't delay and don't withdraw today. I love the scripture, um, media team if you can put it up, Psalm 18, verse 16, it's from the Passion Translation. And it says this, in my distress, here we go. I was gonna read the New King James, here we go. He then reached down from heaven all the way from the sky to the sea and he reached down into my darkness and he rescued me. Amen. He took me out of the calamity and chaos and he drew me to himself, taking me to the de- taking me from the depths of despair. He's here for you today. If you're in a de- if you're in a delay, he heard you. He's here for you today. Amen. In a delay, what are you? What do your words and your life actions say about you? What does it say about you? What do they shout out about you? If you're experiencing delay, if you're experiencing the, it feels like there's a withholding from heaven and it's crucial to your life, what does it say about Him to the people around you? What kind of things come out of your mouth? I wanna just flick over back to John 11 and we're gonna look at this because basically when Lazarus, when they sent the message and Jesus waited, Lazarus died, he died, he was was gone, finish. And the Bible says, if we go down to about uh, verse 19, many of the friends of Mary and Martha had come to the region to consult them over the loss of their brother. It looked like it was all over. And when Martha heard that Jesus was approaching the village, she went out to meet him, amen? As soon as she heard, she was disconnected physically from him. At that time, I don't think she had any understanding that she didn't need him right there. That he could do what he could do from wherever. But she was dis- disconnected from him physically. But when she heard he was coming, she ran to connect herself to him. And I've always uh, grown up thinking that Martha was the mad one, the angry one. You know, the the um, ticked off one, the the processed girl that likes everything in line and, and all of those things. And so when I read verse 21, I thought it read like this. It says Martha says to Jesus, my Lord, if you'd only come sooner, then my brother wouldn't have died. That's what I thought. But when I investigated, when I looked and I searched through the scripture, they had too much relationship. They had too much relationship for her to be offended in her heart. And I think it was more like this. Bible says that she ran and she found him. She said, my Lord, if you'd only come sooner, my brother wouldn't have died. I think it was a cry of her heart that she knew she just needed to be connected to the King of Kings. Amen. Enemy will try and disconnect you from his presence. Maybe you're here today and you're already like that. You come into church, you leave church, but really you're a dead man walking. Maybe you're a dead woman walking. You know what? When we become spiritually dead, when we start to die on the inside spiritually, when we start to become cold, we start to become critical about the thing we used to love. The words that come out of our mouth are criticism. We start to um, become familiar. The enemy will try to disconnect you from his presence. If he can disconnect you, then he can distort your thinking also. He can distort your pre- your perspective. Stay close to Him and you've got to fight for it. I want to show you how. How do we stay in His presence in the delay? How do we stay there? You know what? It's consistency. It's, it's not rocket science. It's about choosing when, if I'm not in a delay, that I choose I have a time with God every day. That I'll wake up and I don't have to babble all these things, but I just fall in love with put on. If you've never been in a relationship with Jesus, put on. Get someone to show you a great worship song. Put it on and just start to love Him. That's connection. Amen? That's connection. Stay in that place and then choose. I'm not leaving. I'm going to do this every day. I'm not going to build a habit in my life. And when I'm in a delay, I'm not going to stop coming to church. I'm not going to withdraw and I'm not going to stop going to a connect group. I'm not going to withdraw. I'm going to stay even though it's uncomfortable. Remember I said before, delay is uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable because it exposes what's in us. It's about being real. Jesus doesn't need you to say all these nice things when your heart's hurting. He just needs you to be real, amen? He just needs you to be real like Martha and say, I thought you'd be here in time, but you weren't. And I don't know what to do with it. He needs you to be real. You know what? Don't let the enemy divide you and separate you from Jesus because this is his strategy. His strategy is to divide you so he can conquer you. That's what it is. I'll say that again. His strategy is to divide you so he can conquer you. Martha knew that Jesus was her only reference point. It's all she needed was a connection with him. Her only answer was Jesus. Today, your only answer is Jesus. Whatever you're facing, even if it's finance or your business, whatever it is, your only answer today is Jesus. Learn to live a consistent walk and fight for it. I'm in for the long haul. I'm not backing down. I'm not withdrawing. I'm growing up. I'm gonna change and I'm gonna interrupt the patterns in my life. Amen. We're gonna hold each other accountable. When we see people withdrawing, we've got to hold on to them and say, I care about you too much to let you go. Amen? That's true fellowship. That's true family. That's true church. By relationship and connection, she knew what he could do. In verse 23, it says this, her response is amazing. Once once she was connected to him again, do you know what, instantly, instantly she heard his voice and he says this, your brother will rise and he will live. But you know what, it wasn't until she was in connection with him again that the prophetic word came. When you're in connection with him, when when you're with him, he will speak to you. We want him to speak, but we also want to withdraw and it doesn't quite work, amen? Connection with Jesus Christ brought the power back into her life. I wanna tell you today unbelief is a destiny destroyer because God never lies and he never goes back on his word. He never goes back on his promises and we're gonna learn how to watch our words. We're gonna learn that our words are powerful. And when I let idle words come out of my mouth, they go out into the atmosphere and they carry weight. This morning, I, w- I wanna encourage you to learn the Word of God, agree with the Word of God, not your circumstances. It's a really easy key. We're talking, I was in this amazing connect group the other night. Tavani and Moira are running this incredible connect group. And I met these, uh, some I knew, some I didn't know, but I met these incredible people and the presence of God moved in that place. It was amazing. and. Uh, There was a scripture, I was speaking to someone there who had a scripture and it was the one God's given me for my life. It's like my life scripture and it's Luke 1, 37. It says, for with you, God, nothing shall be impossible. Amen. We're to learn how to agree with the word of God. So if I was Martha, I'd be doing this. Okay, Lord, I agree, but he's still dead. But I still agree with your promise that he'll rise and live, but nothing's changed. But I choose today to believe that your word is true and that you are true and your power is here. But nothing's changed. But I still agree, and that's how we wrestle. That's how we wrestle. We stay in the presence. We learn his word, amen? Unbelief is a demon from hell. When you stop believing what God says he'll do, it's unbelief and it is a demon and it's from hell and it's sent to destroy you. It's sent to destroy your faith and your confidence in God. It distorts and it twists the truth. Sometimes it comes as a subtle suggestion like in the Garden of Eden. And Adam and Eve, they were there, and you know what, the serpent came and he didn't need to say, God's really bad. God's the worst, God hasn't got good things for you. All he did was put a question in their mind that shifted their perspective. He said this, did God really say that? He didn't have to lie, he didn't have to say all these things and that's what happens to us. It's a subtle suggestion of unbelief. It is a demon from hell and it's, it's job is is to stop you looking at God and believing what he says. What do you believe today? I believe there's people here and you've had prophetic words and you've, there's been a gap and you have let them go. It's time to pick them back up again. Don't settle this morning. Don't settle. You know, there's, um, there's something I think that comes against the Kiwi culture, and it's this it's indifference. It's indifference. It's a spirit, and we come in to church and we leave and we're indifferent. Uh, how's the worship today? Uh, how's the word today? Oh, yeah, it was all right. By Tuesday, we've got no idea what happened and we're indifferent. And we wonder why there's no power in our lives. We're saved but there's no power in our lives anymore. Now, I wanna just race through this last bit here. Mary's responsible. She said, yes, Lord, I believe. And once she said that, she hurried off. The Bible says that she races off to find her sister. And when she gets to her sister, she says this. She says, the master is here and he's asking for you. I believe there's people here this morning, the master Jesus is in this room and he's asking for you this morning. He's saying, where are you? Where are you? Come back. So when Mary heard this, she quickly went off to find him because Jesus was outside the village. And it says that when Mary finally found Jesus outside the village, she fell to her feet in tears and said, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother wouldn't have died when Jesus looked at Mary and saw her weeping at his feet, and all the friends who were there were grieving, he shuddered with emotion and was deeply moved with tenderness and compassion. Do you know that uh, every time that Jesus is moved with compassion, miracles start to happen? Everywhere. You look at it in the Bible, everywhere that Jesus is moved, when the multitudes, when he looked out on them, he saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion, and the miracles started to flow. It was provision of food. In this situation, it says that he was moved with compassion. And then he said to them, show me where the tomb is. And then tears streamed down his face. And seeing Lazarus, seeing Jesus weep, caused many of the mourners to say, look how much he loved Lazarus. See, there was relationship. He will never turn his face from you today. Stay close to him. Don't let the enemy separate you. See, this is my Jesus, this is the Jesus I know, that He will never turn His face, that He was moved with compassion, that tears streamed down His face when He saw where they were at. That's where He is for you today. Then Jesus said with intense emotion, and this is the first commandment He gives at this point in the story, and He says to them, roll away the stone. The stone is like the block the block in our lives. And I wonder today what the block is for you, for your breakthrough. See, if you notice, Jesus didn't roll the stone away himself. He said, you rolled the stone away. I wonder today what the blocks are in our lives. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's sin. Maybe it's unbelief. Maybe it's indifference. Maybe you've just withdrawn and lost your way. Maybe it's excuses. Often we want to blame other people. But when you and I take responsibility and we roll the stone away, we roll the blocks out of our life, we say, you know what? I'm I'm getting honest and I'm getting serious. These things are my things. Then He will do the rest, amen? He will do the rest for you. Every situation, like I said, where He moved, there were miracles. Today I'm believing for miracles in this place. But what camp will you live in and you delay? Will you live in a camp of faith? Will you live in a camp of healing, which is a great place? We live in a place, a camp of self-pity or offense because they're not good places to hang out when you're in a delay. We're gonna gonna take responsibility for who we allow around our lives and who we allow to speak in when we're in a delay, when we're struggling on the inside because you know what? Those people will start to influence you. They will pull you away from the presence of God and you might say, oh, that's okay. I just worship Jesus at home. Come on, let's get real. We need each other. We need each other. We need a family that will stand with us and hold us accountable and hold our words accountable. Your words are powerful today. And you gotta choose what boat, what camp, where you're gonna be. It's time for maturity. We need each other. That's why we have this incredible Monday night journey of the heart course. It's because we need each other. We need each other. We need the body we need people that can help us and show us the way. Amen. So he says, roll away the stone. And then he says this in verse 40, if you believe, God will unveil his power. I want to tell you what unveil means. It's amazing. God will reveal. He will He will make public. He will display His power. Unbelief is a thief today, and it'll rob you of the promises of God. Unbelief will bring containment around your life like an invisible false ceiling. I love the story about Lazarus. And you know how, most of us know how it ends anyway, and I'm gonna get there, but I love because they thought Jesus had missed it. Mary and Martha thought Jesus had missed it, all their friends thought Jesus had missed it. he just turned up too late. Lazarus had been dead four days. He was decomposing. This wasn't like he'd been dead 30 minutes and then they prayed or, you know, did CPR. This man was dead. He was starting to decompose. He was starting to stink. But while Lazarus was sleeping, the Son of Man was on the. He was moving towards them, getting ready to release resurrection power. And I believe today, He's wanting to do that today. He wants to bring you out of places of death into places of full life. He's getting ready, He was getting ready to wake up Lazarus. Some of us here today, we do need to be brought back into life. We think Jesus has missed it. We think it's too late. But while you were sleeping in discouragement, and while you were sleeping in shame and failure, and depression and offense and lost dreams and messes you don't know how to fix, the Son of Man already knew and He was on the move in your life. Stay close to Him, position yourself with Him today. He wants to do a miracle in your midst. I read this great thing, it's it's not from me, I don't wanna take credit for it, but it's this, resurrection power is superior to life. Life can be defeated and ended, but resurrection overcomes. Life is the power to exist, but resurrection is the power to conquer all, even death itself. In Colossians 2.15, it says that when Jesus died on the cross, another of my favorite um, scriptures, when Jesus died on the cross, and he was buried, and then three days later, he rose again in resurrection power. He made a public spectacle of the enemy, a public spectacle of the enemy, stripping him of his power. That's our king. That's the king you and I, that's the king you and I live for. That's the king you and I serve. Resurrection power strips the enemy of his power. It is the final say, and that same power is in you today. His second commandment was this, it was Lazarus, come forth. And we know what happened that Lazarus came out of the tomb. It was resurrection power. See, death went into the tomb. Sickness and death put him in the tomb. But I'm telling you, resurrection power defeated it and life and the goodness of God came out of it, amen? He wants to bring you to life again. He's called you to a full life. Maybe part of you has died here today and all the things we've talked about, but He can raise you up again. If fear, if disappointment got you in the grave, then I'm telling you that hope is on the other side of the grave. If fear got you in the grave, then love is, his love is on the other side of the grave. If broken dreams made a part of you die, then on the other side of the grave with resurrection power is new dreams. He wants to bring you to life today. If indifference is in you and has put you in a grave, it's put you in a hole, then on the other side, of indifference is hope. On the other side of indifference is passion. On the other side of indifference is a heart that says, my soul will follow hard after thee, amen? The last commandment he gave was this in, in verse 44. He said, unwrap him, take off the grave clothes. I believe many of us Well, some of us, we've come alive, but we've still got grave clothes on. And that's why one of the reasons I so love our course on Monday nights. It's helping us to unwrap the grave clothes. Do you notice again, he didn't say, Lazarus, take off your own grave clothes. He tells the people, take off the grave clothes. We need each other. We need each other. We need to be in connection and relationship. You can do Jesus on your own, but you know what? It's so much easier. It's so much better if we do it in relationship with each other, amen? While you were sleeping too long, by the way, my message this morning is while you were sleeping. But if you've been sleeping too long in disappointment or in whatever offense or whatever, you know what, we start to stink and we start to rot. The stuff that comes out of our mouth is that. It's discouragement, it's rot, it's criticism what are you wearing today? The Lord wants to give you new garments today. He wants to give you new garments to wear. We need people to help unwrap us. We can come alive, but we need people to unwrap us. God wants to shift you today out of a state of unbelief and into an atmosphere of faith. And I believe we need to repent. I'm in a place of, I'm always before the Lord. Not in a self-pity way. I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry for this. But God, my heart, God, my heart, God, let it be a heart that honors you. Let it be a heart with no mixture. Let it be a heart that is fully committed. And that when I'm in unbelief, that, oh God, I will repent. God, teach me how to have faith. Teach me how to walk in faith in all situations in my delay. My last, the last thing I wanna encourage you with, and again, it seems simple, but it's, it's huge for us, particularly as Kiwis, is this is to stay amazed. The word stay means continually, all the time, never stopping, stay amazed at Him. Stay amazed at Him. Gratefulness opens the heavens over your life. Don't get trapped in what you are right now because you'll miss where God wants to shift you to. I wanna just warn you this morning, just uh, something that God's been teaching me is about familiarity there's a saying, familiarity breeds contempt. We've Most of us have heard it, right? The word breed means this. It means to multiply or reproduce. And the word contempt, I'm, I'm going sh- to just show you how it works now. So when I become familiar, that means that I don't honor. It means that I don't see God the way I used to see Him when I first got saved. That I just treat Him indifferently. Or I treat people indifferently. Leaders. Or I treat my friends, or I just treat him, the things of God indifferently. It says this, that familiarity multiplies and reproduces dishonor. That familiarity multiplies and reproduces disgust. It's strong, isn't it? Familiarity multiplies and reproduces loathing and worthlessness and makes something beneath our consideration. When we become familiar with someone, we will never get the full measure of what we could, when we become familiar with Jesus. Ah, nah, I might not pray today. Ah, shall I go to church? What's the weather like? Yeah, I might come. Come on, church. We wanna see our city, our region, one for Jesus Christ. We wanna see it. How's it gonna happen? Not with an indifferent people, not with an indifferent heart. It's gonna be a people that go, you know what? There's mistakes and there's bumps in the road along the way, but we're gonna be in one accord We're going to see him come. We're going to see resurrection power come. Stay amazed. Stay amazed. I thank you, God. This is how it looks when I pray, when I'm in delay. I thank you, God, that even though I can't see you breaking through, I thank you that you're good. I thank you, God, that even though that healing hasn't happened yet, I thank you that you already know and you've heard me. That's how we pray. Amen? That's how we stay in connection with him. Familiarity shuts down and it brings containment. It makes something common. You know what, unbelief and religion, they're like brothers and where there's one, there's usually another. And there's this last scripture that got me beat this last verse in the story. It says that when when they saw what Jesus had done, that Lazarus had come alive, it was impossible for humans to do it, but that Jesus Christ had done it. It says that some went away and they were amazed. They were absolutely changed. But it says that some went to the Pharisees and they went in to the religious leaders, and do you know what? That was the first plot ever to kill Jesus, to take him down from that point. You know what? When God is doing something amazing, religion will try and shut it down, and here's how it does it. It tries to work it out with logical thinking. That can't be God, that can't be God. When God's doing something amazing, stay amazed. Stay amazed, stay grateful this morning. So as we come to the end of the service, I want to ask you today, where are you? Where are you this morning with Him? What is the block or the stone in your life that God is saying, come on, it's time to take responsibility for that thing? Maybe you're discouraged. Maybe you've been believing for a long time and you're tired. Maybe it's that, you've withdrawn. Maybe you're hurt. It's time to come back day to, today, to come alive again. He wants to connect, to reconnect with you. Maybe today you are a dead man walking. Today he wants to pour his spirit out of this place. I can feel it. But firstly, I want to just speak to you. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you don't know this man I'm talking about, he is so kind. He, is, he will never turn his face. He will never away from you. And over 2,000 years ago, he died on a cross. He was murdered. He was innocent and he was murdered so that you and I would be able to have a relationship with him. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I don't really know him. I want to know him, but I don't really know him. If that's you here today, just lift your hand. Just lift your hand in this place. If you're here today and you say, I want a relationship with Jesus. Anyone here today? There's people here today and and you've walked away. You come to church, sometimes come to church, but you've walked away in your heart. There's an indifference. Why don't we just close our eyes? Because this is about you and him. This is not about me. This is not about other people. But If there's an indifference in your heart today and you know it, why don't you just lift your hand and say, you're not lifting it to me, you're lifting it to him. And say, Jesus, that's me, I'm indifferent. I'm indifferent today. Starting to raise their hands. There's an indifference. There's a coldness in my heart. If you're here today, and there's areas in your life, there's a delay, and you need Him to come through. You need a miracle. You need a breakthrough this morning. If that's you today, I want to lift your hand? Lots of people. Lots of people today. Lots of people wanting, needing Him. You know what? It's found in connection first. It's found in that place of connection and then it's found when we agree with the word of God and we stay in connection. It's found when we stay amazed at him and we stay the course. We're going to stand to our feet now. Why don't you stand up with me as we sing this song? And if you're here this morning and you need a miracle in your life, maybe there's someone you've been believing for You've been believing a long time for them to come back to the Lord. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's an offense this morning. Maybe it's an area of sin this morning, whatever it is. Let's roll away the stone of our heart this morning so that resurrection power can flood and He can pull us to life this morning. As we sing this song, I'd love you to come to the front if that's you. If that's you this morning, come. Come to the front.